2: has not played football since he was in the eighth grade. He was on the Western Kentucky basketball team this past season. The Raiders have signed him and declared him a tight end because that is John Gruden's favorite position. Carson Williams, ready to take Jason Witten snaps from next year. Yeah.
3: Now, two things, it would have been more interesting if it had been Carson Wentz, uh, but it's not him. And another thing is, uh, this is definitely a guy, as he spoke last week about the offensive lineman who actually was on the team that nobody knew. This is definitely a guy they signed off the street, because, like you said, he hasn't been playing football since the eighth grade. So this is an off the street guy. I don't know what this is about. Is it practice fodder? It's you know, is it? I have no idea what this is. I mean, you see that? You see how long it's been since he played. I thought they were pretty good at tight end, given they have one of the top two or three tight ends. They have Moreau, they have Kerry, they have other guys behind him. I don't know what this is. Is this guy like a poor man's joker because he can also play basketball? (laughs) I don't know what this means. So
2: good for Carson Williams, I I bet. But I'm I'm still not saying he's making the opening day roster. Here's my question. Why did he not have to go into the NFL draft?
3: I... I mean, who knows? I mean, it's how old is the guy? Is he? Is he? I guess he's draft eligible, right? Um, right.
2: Like he was a college. Your, you know, everyone gets two street guys, and these are their two street guys. <laughs> they get two street guys. <laughs> everyone gets I, two street guys. <laughs> I like. I saw this signing, and I have to go look up who the hell is Carson Williams because he's never played football before. But like, he he was just in college last year. It's not like, and he hasn't played football since eighth grade. So it's not like he got drafted into the NFL 4 years ago, flamed out, played college basketball somehow and now is back to foot like I don't I I don't understand and I didn't see anybody try to explain it why this guy didn't go into the NFL draft if he's a rookie, if he's a first year player. I, I thought everybody had to do that. Mm.
3: Not ex- not only explained it, but 30 other one and 31 other teams also said, who, I'll let him have it. Like, I don't think anyone's ha- filing a grievance because Johnny came up with the tight end Carson Williams off the basketball court. So maybe there is a rule and he should have gotten the draft. But these other 31 teams, like, yeah, we got a lot to do this week. They can have Carson Williams.
2: Next question. Philip Grubauer will not play for the Avalanche on Wednesday. So the Avalanche come to Vegas on Wednesday. A big matchup, highly anticipated matchup. But they will not have their goalie, Philip Grubauer. They will also not have one of their better forwards in Nico Rantanen. So basically, we've been sitting here watching the Golden Knights beat up on bad teams. And we're finally going to get to see them play Colorado. And neither team's going to be at full strength.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say the uh, Avalanche are missing more just because of Grubauer. Uh, I'll say they're missing more and Rantanen. I mean, those are two really important players to them so i'll tell you what though that could be this is huge the golden knights win their 10th straight. then then you're six clear of colorado even though they'd have a game in hand now you're starting to think you know you get the six or eight clear with this many games left you're thinking well looks like they're gonna win for it looks like they're gonna get first it's a huge game tomorrow night the difference between six and two with a game in hand in colorado is enormous so that's a huge game tomorrow night and like i said i obviously favor the knights at this point without grubauer and Rat.
2: Yeah, so um, Dom LeCision, he has odds on like you know where each team's gonna finish in the standings, and if the Golden Knights beat Colorado, I'm gonna have to imagine the odds of them winning the number one seed in the West is gonna jump up to about eighty percent. Yeah, he, because yeah. they because you, you'll have the gap on them. You'll you'll play them one more time, so there's only one other chance for Colorado to make up points head to head. But you'll have the six point gap. They'll still have a game in hand on you, but a game in hand with a six point gap doesn't really mean a whole lot like they're if they win on Wednesday they're gonna they're gonna have a really easy chance to kind of just coast to the number one seed which would make Minnesota and Colorado play in the first round and the Golden Knights get St. Louis or Arizona or one of these teams they've beaten a hundred times in a row
3: yeah well I mean you're exactly right I mean six clear in that division when you're not you know you're gonna make up like 12 uh, plus on the other when you start playing those other teams is not six clear in another division i mean look at some of these i mean there hasn't been only Carolina in the central no one in the east no one in the north has even clinched a playoff berth, and three in the west have. it pretty much puts in (laughs) perspective the lat, you know the the bottom three or four teams on the west so we've talked about that all year they're in the worst division top to bottom uh but it's i mean it's huge i know you know st louis may be a little better right now but that 1-4 matchup is huge uh, over the two or three. I mean, look, Colorado, Minnesota, that's not a walk in the park for Colorado. I know everyone says when they're fully healthy, they're the best team in that division, but that, would be, that could be tough. That could be dicey for Colorado. I mean, can you imagine the Knights would have to go Arizona? Minnesota gives them a little trouble at times just to get
2: to the four. Boy, if you don't get to the four after that, it's really a failure. Man, you know, that's a great question. The Golden Knights will give away a Marc-Andre Fleury figurine on May 7th and 8th. It is a gold figurine of Marc-Andre Fleury making the diving save against Toronto last season. Here's my question. Is that going to be the statue posed for Marc-Andre Fleury outside of T-Mobile Arena? Oh, it's a great point, but yes. I You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
3: well... I think there's a law in town now. It has to be one of those windmill saves because if it's not, then it's really not a statue. <laughs> if you know I mean, as much as people love that move. Um, and yeah, this will be the statue in front of T-Mobile Arena. Great call, yes. I mean, there's nothing else it can be than this, uh, what they're doing with the
2: figurine. So,
3: hey, it was a great save. Everyone loved it. Um, but, uh, yeah, this will
2: be the statue. Can I Can I tell you my one problem with it? You only have one? Yeah, only one. Um, okay. We have never seen a definitive uh, replay from a right angle. I'm not convinced that was actually a save because I'm not convinced that shot was actually on goal. Oh, I just
3: hope yes. because Of the figurine, you have some recent, uh, some you know, some compelling recent reason. Please tweet that out because <laughs> if we thought our friend Adam Hill had some bad responses, if you tweet out Mark Andre Fleury never really made that save. That might be the all-time best responses I, on the tweet in this town.
4: I need a YouTube video of him breaking it down frame by frame. Yes. And yeah. so that
3: we have, like,
4: Marc-Andre Fleury shot on goal truthers as, like, a like oh. small, small but loud yeah. subdivision of the fan base.
2: Because in, in hockey, it is not supposed to be ruled a save if, like, the goalie stops it, but it was never going to be on goal. Like, if somebody shoots it wide of the post... And the goalie catches it. And the goalie catches it. It's not supposed to be a save. And, again, we haven't seen a definitive angle on the replay. But I'm pretty sure that puck would have just sailed through into the corner and never been in the back of the net, even if Marc-Andre Fleury didn't dive. So I'm saying, I don't think it was a save. I don't think it was a save.
3: Please tweet that. Uh, I mean, (laughs) the the response in this town, by the weirdness, would just be astonishing. I just, look, I just want you to tweet it for Milzy. Just tweet that. I just want to see Milzy's response.
2: Oh, we can ask him. We can we can, can ask him. him Millsy's coming yeah.
3: up. Yeah, well, let's ask him. Oh my and god! Not even ask him. Say, look, man, you know it wasn't a save, right? I mean, be honest. D- no, like <laughs> don't fr- even ask frame him. It, Just like, frame assume, it. like we all think it's not a save.
4: Frame it as so, uh, Darren. Why are they doing a statue of a yeah. shot that wasn't even like an actual yes. save?
3: Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Oh. great question. That's Thank much. you.
2: NBC will not carry NHL games next season. So NBC's out of the picture. The NHL just announced that Turner Sports is going to be uh, one of their carriers for games next year. ESPN is going to be the primary rights holder. So next season, national NHL games, playoff games for the NHL. You're going to be watching on ESPN. You're going to be watching on TNT or TBS. We'll see exactly where they put those. Here's what I'm curious to see next year. ESPN and Turner Sports are also the national broadcast partners of the NBA. What happens next year during the first two rounds of the NBA and NHL playoffs when those are all going on at the same time and ESPN and Turner are supposed to broadcast all of them?
3: I only want one thing in this entire scenario. Much like they bring Chucky in for NCAA tournament games and he hasn't watched a college game all year. We need Barkley on the NHL. Oh, he's better on can the you, NHL. Barkley I mean, on can ice. Can you imagine? I think I didn't hear it, but he someone tweeted yesterday that Barkley and Stephen A. were breaking down the NHL deal, which I can't <laughs> believe I didn't run out to the TV and 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 and, and tape that. Um, I just want Barkley on the NHL games. I mean, TNT, I guess, is getting the Stanley Cup Finals for three to seven years. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Who will be their studio guys? Who will the Barkley and Shacks kind of be? I mean, they're definitely. I I'm sorry, they'll never be as. Um, have those personalities are as funny as those guys because those guys are you know that that studio show I think is the best studio show in sports um with Ernie and Kenny and those guys I know it's on the other ones. side
4: but, of that opinion well everyone agrees but, uh,
3: yeah <laughs> I just I just want Chuck on on the NHL just to bring him in he's always great in the NCAA tournament because as funny as he is within two seconds like Charles you haven't watched one one college game all year
4: does this mean that we will have a second reason each year to scramble through our television guide to go where the bleep is true TV?
2: Probably. Yes. I, I think Probably. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to have games on true TV because to yeah. like, again, what the hell drowned. is an
4: impractical joke? Right.
2: Like you're, there's a chance that you're going to have four NHL games and four NBA games and TNT and ESPN are looking around saying, well, where the hell do we put all these? Like, They're like, yeah, absolutely. You're going to be watching impractical Joker commercials while you watch a Golden Knights playoff game. Like
4: Impractical Joker, that just sounds like something John Gruden would sign in the (laughs)
2: offseason. That's a great great question. He did. He played basketball. (laughs) All right, I wanted to get to this one. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has signed an extension with AC Milan, which means... Zlatan Ibrahimović will be playing at 40 years old in the top league in Italy. Do you remember when he was in Major League Soccer and everybody said it was his retirement? Zlatan is great, and I hope he never retires.
3: Zlatan is great to watch. I remember his first MLS game. People went absolutely insane. Uh... You know, the flair about him. i, I It's almost – uh this is even a step up from, I believe, the 40-year-old who tried to try, uh, walk on for UNLV football. <laughs> uh, remember that guy? I don't even know if that guy ever made it. I was, Did again, he? against the fence with Mike Ramal, the world didn't end, but we couldn't see any 40-year-olds out there as we're watching the scrimmage on uh, Saturday. But, yeah, wow. this will be cool. Do you think Zlatan could walk on at UNLV? Uh, I'll tell you what, man. From what I saw from the kicking the other day, you might be able to, because
2: I think the kid missed five straight field goals anyway. Three of them were Whoa. blocked. So, Whoa, Ed, so, uh, you're not supposed to know that. Calm oh, down. Wait, a, over
3: wait a minute. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's embargoed, Ed. You're oh, no. It's embargoed. People. It's like me making a pick. I can't make picks on games. I take that back. It was great. Everything I saw was wonderful.
2: All right, here we go. A chance to win a copy of MLB The Show 21 for Xbox MLB The Show 21 is good for both hardcore and casual baseball fans. No matter what your play style, MLB The Show 21 has you covered. Caller number four, 702 364 1100. 702 364 1100. You'll win a copy of MLB The Show.
1: So when teams call about any players, then we have to listen and we have to weigh it and we have to determine what's best for the organization, and we have to handle everything with class. Obviously, that particular player, we hold him in high regard, and he's special what he's done and what he continues to do here. But we have to consider any players, if it's right uh, for the team, because we have to do what's best for this organization.
0: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff.
2: Jared, who is that?
4: I believe that's the GM of the Atlanta Falcons.
2: Why why did you pick that sound to play?
4: It was long.
2: (laughs) That's like it's like last week when Mike Mack was like, well, we could trade up. We could trade down. Or we could just stay where we are. It's like, oh we got this guy
4: named Jared Jones Smith.
2: (laughs) It's a lot very insightful. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah, apparently that's the GM of the Falcons saying they, I I guess that's probably about Julio Jones. And if they're going to listen to Julio Jones and him saying, yeah, we got to listen to everybody. Uh, Congratulations to William. William won a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox. MLB The Show 21 is out now. You can create your dream team in Diamond Dynasty. Play with your favorite legends, flashbacks, and current day players all on your team. We'll have more copies of that to give away throughout the week. Plus, coming up, we'll have a Golden Knights jersey uh, later in the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But the pandemic took this away from us. But over the last few years, Desiree Reed-Francois at UNLV has introduced the uh, the Rebel Caravan, where she makes her coaches get out. I say makes like they're being forced to do it at gunpoint or something. But makes her coaches get out and, you know, see do different things in the community, see different groups of people so that people know about them and know who they are well they are gonna do that this year starting next week actually most of it's going to be virtual um it looks like on here but I'm curious that there's about what 30 events they're gonna do uh which one which one are you actually looking forward to seeing happen well let me see
3: great idea by them I, I think it is cool for them to get out in the community you know we've talked about this Raiders golden Knights they are they are being challenged now and you know, in a fight here for any kind of coverage. And that, that's expected with pro teams compared to college. So good for them. If I'm picking a few, I want, I would like to see the racing rebels. It says, um, let's see, uh, Kevin Krueger, Marcus Arroyo, Lindy LaRock, and Don Sullivan's going to go to dream racing. My guess is huge favorite at the books is Arroyo for a few reasons. When you saw that guy, when you saw that guy, Crank the siren at Golden Knights games and the whole football stuff. And I also think if you're a racer, you have to wear sunglasses indoors and he kind of comes off as a sunglasses indoors guy to me. Like I think he's a prohibitive favorite to win any kind of race uh, with the thing. And I think the whole football thing, they feel they need to, they need to race. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the, the um, one with uh coach's life where Lon Kruger, Kevin Kruger, Al LaRock and, and Lindy LaRock uh, get together to talk about the son and daughter of coaches. That'll be cool. But most often, but, I mean, selfishly, I want to see the Rebel football documentary
2: because I have (laughs) to
3: believe at some point the camera is going to zero in on Garmala and I at that scrimmage and really have like a documentary voice behind us. Here's two gentlemen who should not be writing in their notebooks, but they are. Uh, We did some research on them. And like zero in and Garmala and I, who at that point – I think we were talking about some kind of food or something, but they misinterpreted that we were writing down notes about what we
2: were seeing. So I'm looking forward to the documentary. I have a genuine question about the spring UNLV football documentary. Yes. How many people will watch that?
3: Uh, Well, it's virtual, right? It has to be virtual. Can they? Yeah, it's it's just going to be on
2: YouTube. It's just going to be on YouTube. It's 30 minutes. You help me out here. Can, Can you know
3: how many people watch?
2: Well, it's just going to be on YouTube, so you can see the views on. Okay, YouTube. Okay, you can see the
3: numbers. All right, give me an over number, and I'll go over or under. And well, here's the thing, though you you got to put the over under on a certain time period, right? Because I I my guess is it's completely it's up all the time, so it'd be in those specific thirty minutes.
2: Yeah, so it comes out Wednesday, May fifth. It's a thirty minute video. I'll, okay. I'll say I'll say within the first forty eight hours, the over under is three hundred and fifty. Under. Okay,
1: I'll take so, the
4: field.
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't know how that works in this bet, Jared. I don't, no, I don't I'm know saying that, that a works.
4: YouTube video of a just a field for like ten oh, hours I mean, will lap. Probably
2: more.
3: I mean, they're going to highlight expectations, culture, mindset, habits, and leadership. Can you do that in thirty minutes? I yeah, mean, of expectations. Course. Can you? Expectations. The bar is so low
4: that they brought a shovel.
3: Well, I think, uh, th- th- you know, I'm sure they'll have the quarters. I, As much as they're, as every team, we always like to say it's them, but it's every pretty much college team worried about things getting out. I will be very interested in like how many like actual like football things we see and uh, is the video allowed to run when they go to team stuff? I mean, if, if you do that in, on the media side, you're excommunicated for the next 10 years. So it'll be interesting to see how much we really see or will will just be kind of the stretching and kind of tossing the old pigskin around, Tyler.
2: Okay, you also mentioned the racing one. So they're apparently taking four coaches, Marcus Arroyo, Lindy LaRock, Kevin Krueger, and the volleyball coach, Don Sullivan, out to Las Vegas Motor Speedway to race here. My first question is, are they going to be the ones actually driving cars around the speedway? Very curious about that. Because Have you ever done anything like that, where you go out and drive like a race car or anything like that? I was taken around the track. Yeah. Several times
3: by Carl Edwards in his car, and I'm telling you, I mean, well, one, they had to lift me out of the car because I had a heart attack. But two, when Carl Edwards and he was laughing because I think when they get like the average public in there, they know like this person is going to have a heart attack. When that guy would make turns and hug the wall, and I was the one on the wall, like I always were, I was always impressed with those guys. I just am. I think they're they're what they do is incredible given how long they have to do it over the course of a race. But I got out of that thing thinking, oh, my God, these guys are – and they're doing it with, like, what, 40 other cars. This was just him on the track. Um, So incredible. So I don't know if it's going to be a race car driver taking them run. It makes it seem like they're going to be the ones racing. It it kind of makes it seem that way.
2: So, okay, I at one point had been down to Speed Vegas, which is Mm -hmm. on I-15 South like you're leaving town. and. I drove one of the cars at Speed Vegas around their track. And the way they have it set up is they have their cars and you drive. And then there's an instructor in the passenger seat. He okay. has a he has a brake and a yes. steering wheel. Like just in case you go insane, he can stop the car. He can steer the car. But he, they don't really do it unless they, they need to for some reason. So out at Speed Vegas, they have like a long straightaway and then a very sharp turn. I have never been more terrified in my life than me driving as fast as I can go in this car and him telling me to keep the gas pedal down and me being like, there's a turn coming and him being like, no big deal. Keep the gas pedal down. We'll hit it. And it's it's like, my God. So I, that's what I hope they're doing is they're in the car actually driving and there's somebody next to them and they're going whatever it is, 170 miles an hour. And they're like, Keep the pedal down. We need to go faster. The, the, into the car turn.
3: is designed to go this fast. Come yes. on. Well, I'm I'm still stunned. You actually had the words and asked me if I was the one driving because uh, I mean that, I mean that. Come on. I mean I would have gone into the wall it, in the turn.
2: If it's a big racetrack and there's no other cars around, no. maybe you could figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could avoid hitting something. If I, that if that's what it took. I was with, and you're right, Carl Edwards. It was
3: funny because. They actually accelerate into the turn. It's like, are yes. we not supposed to yes. be are we not supposed to be slowing down here?
4: No, yes. you gotta come out of the turn going even faster.
3: <laughs> I want Jerry. this to happen. I mean, I like I said, I think Arroyo's the favorite at the book. I think he's gotta I, be the favorite after I saw him crank that siren at the Golden Knights.
2: Yeah, like they, they better race each other. Like there better be an actual race and they declare a winner between those four coaches. Like I'll be thoroughly disappointed if we find out that they didn't actually race each other and they just sort of went around the track a couple of times. Like I want a Roy I want Arroyo like like he's Carl Edwards doing a backflip off his car if he wins. Oh, that would be awesome. That'd be, be awesome. Great. But sunglasses $100. might fall off, but that'd be they cool. Might. They might, but that like that's what I want. I want an actual race. Like put one of them in victory lane afterwards if they win this four-person race around Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It'll be phenomenal. What uh, what if what if Bryce Hamilton said, Kruger, if you win, I'll come back?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Kruger taking people out on the turns. I don't have I an offensive say,
2: player. I don't I have a guy say, who can shoot. Arroyo and Don Sullivan are going into the wall <laughs> thanks to Kevin Kruger. Exactly.
3: exactly. Uh, God.
2: Okay. The last one that I wanted to highlight on this on this UNLV caravan here. They did this a couple years ago. Or no, this is last year actually. The Rebel Football Cook Off. Where they oh, have man. fans, you can you you cook something, you create a video for it, and you send it in and they pick a winner. Mike Ramallah entered this last year, and yes, Mike Ramala yeah. was mad he did not win. Yeah. And Mike Ramallah, now granted, he didn't make anything that looked good, but Mike Ramallah put very a very well produced video. Together, where he made fun of himself, and micromalla still did not win. We got to find out if Micromala is willing to enter again in year two and and try to uh, avenge his upset loss last year.
3: Um, I liked the uh, the dry steak and the lettuce the other day. I don't know if that's going to push him over the top. The other day he had the dry steak. Boy, I don't know how that kid, poor kid cooks a steak. It's very bizarre to get it like that. It's almost a talent to cook the way Grimala does. Because you, inside you say, no, no, I've, I've got to at least put some salt on this thing. He slow um, cooks I it. I would love for him to win. I think it would be terrific if he won. I'm not holding out my breath.
2: I'm To be honest with you, I'm amazed Mike Grimala has come to the point where he makes and eats steak. Like He, he, he tweeted out a picture of a steak. With potatoes, like the the little yeah, what are they, the yeah. red potatoes cut up yes. and I'm a, I don't know what's on there, but there's something on there. I don't know what it is, but there's something on there. They're just not plain potatoes, and then he's got some green beans. Like I'm impressed that Mike Grimala would eat those three things at the same time for a meal when this is the guy that has eaten Cheez Its for a lunch and dinner one day.
3: Um also on Thursday, May twentieth, this caught my eye. Quarterback corner now it makes more sense when I say Desiree, Ray, Francois, and Mark Story will sit down with Kenny, Maine, Stallworth, and Jason Thomas, I mean, at, at first glance, I thought I thought that I thought that meant like um, current quarterbacks. They've got like ten of them. I would bring I would bring the sushi guy back. They should have. Ha- That's the other thing that they missed out on. This caravan should com- should absolutely include thirty minutes YouTube of sushi guy talking about how you properly eat it off a naked model. Like I'll tell you what, that'd be over on three hundred fifty. What would get more looks? That one or the one you asked about the documentary over a half hour.
2: Absolutely. Gillum eating sushi yes, talking off a bottle. Absolutely. Yes. That is yes. more interesting than anything any yes. of the current quarterbacks could possibly exactly. have to say yes. about UNLV football. Yes. All right, coming up next, we talk to Paul Gutierrez about the Raiders. I think I understand your question. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly where you're coming from. But what I will say is, like, you know, we're really excited about Aaron Rodgers and his future with the Green Bay Packers. We think, you know, he's going to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. Every year, there's different things you go through to kind of get to the season, and I think we're going through those right now, whether it be contractually, whether it be you know working with our players on other things, and, and that's where we are.
0: You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at EdGraney and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
2: Joining us now is Paul Gutierrez. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at P, Gutierrez, ESPN. All right, Paul, we need – we need complete honesty from you. Prior to last week, did you know who Jared Jones Smith was? Uh, yeah,
1: simply because you had to keep keep track of what they're doing on on the rosters. And you, well, let me let me backtrack. Right? Yeah, because they put out a press release with his name on it back in January when they signed him to a reserve futures contract. That was pretty much it. Uh, I knew that he was on the practice squad. Um, but I didn't think that he was uh, looked at as a potential starting right tackle. So full (laughs) disclosure, there you go.
3: Okay, so you're obviously a a beat writer who keeps track of things. You've got your (laughs) roster going. But the key is, and this is really the only key, were you a fan of Western Kentucky basketball enough to know (laughs) the guy they signed off the street who's now going to compete with Darren Waller?
1: Um, Well, (sighs) Yes and no. Because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, not only did he play at Western Kentucky, he also played at Northern Kentucky. So I'm, I, as I tweeted yesterday, I'm wondering where Southern Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky close. Because otherwise you could hit them all. Is there a Kentucky Tech? Is there a Kentucky State? You know, because we all know there's Kentucky and Louisville too. So, I mean, he's it's going to be interesting. and It's funny because this is what Reggie McKenzie made a habit of doing was trying to find these basketball players that had transferred translated into football players. And didn't really work out that well, but again, just interesting camp body. I don't understand why fans are getting so upset. Uh, they want the big, <laughs> splashy moves. They got Gannick and Gakway. I don't know what the big problem is here, but it's draft week, and everybody's on high alert.
2: Paul, well, do you know the answer to this question? Why did Carson Williams not have to get drafted?
1: He's <sighs> considered a street-free agent. Um, so you just kind of go that route and because it, it wasn't his primary sport is my best guess. Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you what the exact rule of the loophole is. Um, but, but, uh, that is my understanding is because he's considered a street free agent. And they could to sign him off the street. Literally.
3: Uh, or the court. We were, we were talking about <laughs> earlier in the show. There's a book in town that, uh, you know, obviously they're setting odds on which, who, who each team picks and, you know, where guys go in the draft. it, made us laugh a little that there's a book in town that said the Raiders at 17 and they listed eight different names uh which was bizarre and and the bookmaker in you know, the, the, the book guy you know told Adam Hill he's like I don't know, who the hell knows who they're gonna pick they pick Leland Furl at number four we don't know we're just gonna throw a bunch of names up there and just pick one so do you think it's that wide open do you think it's like at what are the odds you're sitting there Thursday night they pick someone. like oh god here we go again who's that person yeah yeah, you
1: know, when we got Mike Mayock on the Zoom last week and I asked him, uh, right off the bat, how, how different it is, cause for him, remember, he was, he was mocking and, and, and doing, uh, you know, making picks for teams for all those years for the NFL network. And then for the first two years of a, being a real GM for, for the Raiders, he's had multiple first round picks and they, you know, that first pick has always been pretty high, whether it was four with Furl or, or 12 with Henry Ruggs. And then our net comes a little bit later. Uh, you know, he had three, you know, he had all those guys. Um, but this is the first time he's only had the singular pick, and it's right in the middle of the first round. I was speaking with Lincoln Kennedy about it. He's, you know, it's, it's no man's land when you're right there at 17. Um, so there's so many different options. There's so many different possibilities, and, and I had asked Mike, you know, how strange is it to be there, and how does that affect the mentality of either going for best player available versus drafting for a specific need? and as Tom Flores told me a long time ago, if you're drafting early, you, you don't have that luxury of, of drafting for a specific need because you've got needs all over the place, which means if you're drafting that early. But when you're right there in the middle of the first round, you got to kind of wait and let the draft come to you unless, as Mayock said, a guy that you like is still there and you can trade up and get him. Or if you think a guy you like is going to be there after your selection, you can trade back and find a partner. So those conversations are already happening, and uh, the best way that Mayock... But he just said, "You know what? You got to be flexible," and I think that's a good, good uh, lesson for life. Really, you know, just be flexible, be ready to to do things uh, all over the place. Um, and but when it comes to the draft, yeah, it, it's strange. You just don't know where they're going to go because as much as you as, as anybody can take shots at Cleveland Furl or Henry Ruggs for their first few seasons in the NFL they did draft specific needs that defensive end was their number one need. And and it just happened that Cleveland Pearl was the number two ranked guy on their board at defensive end after Bosa. So that's who they went with. And, and with, uh, Ruggs last year, they needed that speedy wide receiver and Ruggs was there and they took him. So it's going to be interesting to see how that mentality now affects them with only the one first round pick going in.
2: So assuming Jared Jones Smith, isn't actually going to start at right tackle, (laughs) they have a need at right tackle. Um, do you think it'd be smart of them to take advantage of the depth of the tackle class and wait until the second round to take a guy that could conceivably start at right tackle next year?
1: Unless the guy they've fallen in love with is sitting there at, at, at uh, 17. Then you then you just take your guy, right? If you look at it, and you say, okay, well, we've got... Because the way the, the tackle class is, is pretty deep, and I guess a lot of people are comparing it to how deep the receivers were last year. Um, if they like their guy and their guy is sitting there, they take him. That's what they did with Rugs. If they think that okay, in the second tier, the second wave of guys, and they all kind of are, are equal to each other, and you can get them later, okay, then you go, you, you get that defensive playmaker that you kind of need early, and then you go get, get that uh, tackle later. And, and there's a big gap though between 17 and 48 where their their first uh, where their second round pick is. So the fact that they have two third round picks at 79 and 80, they can conceivably move up. Use use that that uh, leverage there to move up in the second round to get somebody they really want, um, somebody to keep an eye on. And I keep I keep hearing is Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, the the lineman from from USC. Now it doesn't jump off the board as a starting right tackle, but he's so versatile that that the Raiders could potentially, conceivably, grab him, put him in, at right guard, and then move Denzel Good out to right tackle. Now probably not what fans want to hear. They want that you know that cornerstone right tackle, but. Keep an eye on the versatility of things here, too.
3: Did you make anything, of tweets or reports or whatever, that Mike Mayock, uh, if it's true or not, attended every quarterback workout and that they'd done extensive uh, research on anyone not named Trevor Lawrence? Did you make anything out out of that? Or if they pick a quarterback, would you assume it's second or third day, and why would they do that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I did to me, they're doing their due diligence and, and I don't understand why it would be a story that they went and looked at everybody because they should be doing that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they've got some decisions to make. I mean, Derek Carr, while, you know, again, I'll say this and then I'll pound the table as, as both Gruden and, 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 uh, and Mayock say all the time, I'm going to pound the table for this guy or pound the table for that guy. Derek Carr is not the problem with this team. And, and Ed, you and I have talked no. about this. He's not the problem, no. but no. you also have to wonder, is he the answer? And if you have to ask that question, well, then maybe you do have a problem. So, you know they're coming up on another possible contract extension with him. They got uh, they got uh, Marcus Mariota to to take a pay cut, so to speak, and extend his you know get him to come back. So they need to look at the future. And and you talk to a lot of NFL scouts and and personnel people, and they'll tell you that you need to be drafting a quarterback every few years anyway, just to see what's in the pipeline, just to to keep things fresh in that quarterback room, uh, because you know it's just that's just the way of the nfl so to me it wasn't that much of a surprise if and when the raiders were looking at all the other quarterbacks because that's what they should be doing anyway and then when you've got a head coach who is considered or maybe even considers himself the quarterback whisperer uh they would not be doing their due diligence if they didn't go out and check out everybody that's out there just in
2: case so if they were to draft one on day two or day three like a kellen mond or kyle trask or something like that where do they fit on the roster? Like, do they didn't have to try to move on from Mariota? Or do they just say, okay, you're the number three and we'll just eat the million dollars we guaranteed to Nathan Peterman?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing there, too, is people forget about the great Nate, right? I mean, he's still on the <laughs> roster, too, and, and, and John Gruden likes him a lot. And, and that's the thing. Uh, maybe you can bury the guy on a practice squad because if you put him on practice, I remember if another team wants to come get him, then they've got to automatically be on that 53-man. So it's a little bit of gambling, it's a little bit of staring at the other guy and waiting to see who blinks and things like that. But I would not be shocked at all if they pick somebody on the on the third day. Uh, second day makes more sense if you're really serious about getting a quality guy, so to speak. But it, it's not, you know, it's a very top-heavy quarterback class. And then uh, after that, it's it's more of project-type guys. And, and if you're the Raiders and you're pretty set at your positions offensively, why not get somebody in there as a project just to see what it's about, see what, what the position has kind of evolved into in the college game and go from there.
3: You mentioned Ngakwe. um, Obviously, he's kind of uh, so far like the main jewel that they signed in the offseason. But as you look at it, bringing Carl Joseph back, listening to Mike Mayock mention Jeff Heath last week when we asked him about the free safety position. In your mind, kind of the journeyman and tackle they've done, how much better are they? Like, they've obviously probably got to get a safety in the draft. But in your mind, have they elevated enough to where, you know, people should be happy at this point?
1: No, no, they still need to add some pieces. Uh, I, I do like, I, I think that the, the Carl Joseph signing is a sneaky good signing simply because he's a pro. Uh, the only real question with him is the, the availability, really, because he's dealt with, with little injuries throughout his career anyways, and and also being an undersized, strong safety, because he's had to deal with those monsters that tied in in the AFC West, and, you know, he's five foot ten, maybe on a good day in his cleats, you know, so there's that, but then you also got, uh, Jonathan Abram in the back, who you, you're, you're banking on uh, maturing and, and not always going for the kill shot and not taking out his own guys while he's trying to take out other guys like he's done uh, the past few years anyway. Um, so they, they can play off of each other like that. Now, I'm still waiting for, for like a Richard Sherman, somebody like that, to come in as a free agent to teach the rest of that young secondary not only Gus Bradley's scheme, because he, he'll know it like the back of his hand, but also teach them how to be pros. And I don't mean that in in a in a a mean manner, so to speak, but, but just, you know, how to take care of your bodies, how to not always go for the kill shot, how to to pull up on place, things like that. That's what the secondary needs. Now, Carl Joseph knows a little bit of that. And he knows the organization having been a first round pick himself back in 16. So I, I think it's a sneaky, good signing, but I also think that, that they need to address it in the draft too. Um, I don't know if they use a first round pick on it, but if they're able to, to, to trade back and get multiple picks in the first and second, there's some quality guys out there and, And I only know this because the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft uh, Simulator has taught me a lot about names that are out there and and probably won't be there later in in, in the rounds. like this thing has me going and and getting these A-minus and B-plus drafts. But but, uh, they definitely need to still address right tackle as well as as free safety, any safety position really, uh, in the draft. And it's just a matter of, I don't know if you're drafting to try to get an immediate starter. I know at right tackle, it would be a good thing if they could get a plug-and-play right tackle. Uh, in the draft and then you just kind of figure it out from there. But I do expect them to be real busy uh, uh, trading some picks and trying to get some more capital.
2: Would you take Micah Parsons in the first round if he fell to 17?
1: You watch our ESPN NFL Nation mock draft show already. It doesn't air till tonight.
2: Gosh, (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert. Um,
1: You know, if that were the case, I don't, I don't expect it to be the case. Um, I don't know how you pass on him. I know he's got the character concerns. I know they've already got a lot of money invested in linebackers, but when you've got a, that alpha male that can come into your defense and play all over the place and fly to the ball and 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 you know, a lot of people compare him to like a Jonathan Abram flying to the to the ball, but you know, a little more refined, so to speak. I don't know how you pass on him. It's too tempting. It's too talented. Uh, just to plug into the middle of this four three defense that uh, has all these cover three sensibilities because. Every scouting report on Parsons shows that not only can he, you know, play the position, uh, but he can cover. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run and he'll fly all over the field. And what else would the Legion of Boom 2.0, if that's what they're trying to build with the Raiders, what else would they need besides that? So if he's sitting there at 17, I don't know how they pass on him. Although, again, if there's somebody else they like more and they see more as a scheme fit, then you've got some capital to trade back. If you're sitting there at 17 and you think you can still get your guy at 19 or 20, you start making those calls to see, hey, you want to come up and get this guy? Give us your pick plus something else in the second or third round, and we go from there. And that's where somebody like an Elijah Vera uh, Tucker comes into play, in my opinion.
2: Well, he is Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. And uh, good luck on Thursday, quickly Googling the guy they took that was projected to go in fifth round. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Exactly. Exactly, guys. Take care. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Paul. Uh, Oh. Uh, the Paul's the consummate oh. beat writer Paul's the consummate regret yes. knew who the offensive line was and he did give us the off the street free agent uh so that's cool I, you know like I said but maybe every team gets two of those guys I don't know I mean <laughs> and maybe it's, maybe it's true that he's coming from another sport right I mean he never play, he hasn't played it since eighth grade
2: yeah I just yeah it's but just like guys like you know I don't know maybe it's the other way around like Kyler Murray got drafted into baseball and football I don't know it's just it seems weird to me that, that they could sign the kid before the NFL draft. Yeah. I figured you would have you would at least he'd at least get to go into the draft and have teams the ability to pick him before anybody could sign him. But oh well, I don't know. I guess if you play for Northern Kentucky, nobody's going to be too worried about it, anyways. All right, coming up next, the Champions League is back. I can't wait for Man City to lose so I can buy Jared lunch instead.
0: We're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
2: Joining us now from PropSwap is Luke perg And Luke, I'm curious, what is... What are NFL draft tickets like on PropSwap? Like, how many tickets do you guys have out there about, you know, over/under on where a guy gets picked, or what, or what players a certain team picks? Like, how how do those normally go in the market once we get uh, right up next in the draft? Yeah, so I
0: would start with last year, and if we go back to April 2020, uh, sports fans were begging for anything to wager on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: so, uh, you know, back then, like anyone was just coming to the website and just, you know, just yearning to get, to get a sweat down, to get a to finally make a sports bet. Um, the so last year was incredible. And I would say we're at like 80% of last year's numbers. Obviously, you know, this year we've had everything that we usually gamble on March Madness, et cetera. Um, but there's still a lot of people willing to, to gamble on Thursday night's event. Um, so, you know, Justin Fields is clearly the most impactful pick, the, the number three pick to San Francisco. Whether that's Justin Fields, Mac Jones, uh, possibly Trey Lance, wherever San Francisco decides to go with that third pick, like that's a giant domino effect for the rest of the round. So people have a decision to make. You want to bet that maybe the Lions grab Justin Fields. The two picks later, that the Falcons potentially get a quarterback and uh, an heir apparent to Matt Ryan um that that three pick is is critical
3: luke i want to uh, ask you also in terms of we have some baseball teams that maybe people weren't fired up from the beginning of the season specifically the giants uh the a's who've gone from the worst team in baseball to first place overnight um the royals what are you seeing on tickets and futures on some of these teams that maybe not a lot of faith in early on uh, specifically the giants i know they're in the dodgers pottery divisions are you seeing any movement on baseball tickets that you wouldn't have thought
0: so definitely the Athletics. Yeah, the Athletics were uh, 65 to 1 odds to start the season, and they're all, all the way down to 18 to 1 in Oakland Athletics. So yes, they've been a very popular team um, to both buy and sell. But then to your point about the Giants, like, yeah, it's just, just a gauntlet of a division that they play in. So unfortunately, you got to yeah. deal with the Dodgers and the Padres. So they're still, I still see them at 120 to 1. Of the San Francisco Giants, so not a ton of value there. If you did get them at five hundred to one, but still, it's you know if you got them at five hundred to one, now they're you can sell it at a hundred
2: to one. Here we are in April. I would take five x of my money on a team like that. Wait, wait a minute. Does anybody believe in the Kansas City Royals? We have
0: sold some Royals tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Um They are. I'm seeing them at fifty to one. So, yeah, you know, they're, they're more of a contender than the Giants are just because of the division.
2: Well, he is Luke Dandy from PropSwap. Again, check out PropSwap.com. Luke, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Luke. Thanks, guys. Yeah, just, uh, the Giants
3: aren't going to move very much just because of the division. But the A's, that's interesting. All the way down to 18-1. To Remember in the beginning of the week or season, we're like, yeah, team's horrible.
2: Oh, uh, they're bums. They'll start losing again. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> They're no good. They just beat up on some bad teams. That's worried. all.
3: I'm worried about the Giants at this point.
2: Nah, the Giants. you you were worried about the damn Brewers in the playoffs yes, last yes. year. My God. You could have gotten you could have gotten to play the worst team in baseball in the playoffs and you'd have been like, Oh, three game series. They might lose. It's three games. Anything can happen. All right. I will can I call out my buddy Stu,
3: who Stu takes the Brewers last night. Uh You know, and Corbin's pitching, so he thought, oh, it's going to be a, a, you know, a nice win. 8-0, Stu. You'll be lucky now if I order that fantasy football ring for you. What a disaster.
2: I think you have to order it for him now because he lost. Yeah, I know, I do. I know. you got to actually give him something good. I'm waiting for the prices to go down on Amazon. Oh, God, the prices (laughs) to go down. What, do you have a price alert set up for fake fantasy baseball rings?
3: Yes, 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 exactly.
2: (laughs) Okay. Today, the Champions League is back. Starts at noon. Uh, one semifinal. Real Madrid and Chelsea, they play the first uh, leg of their semi today. Man City and PSG play tomorrow, and then we next go. week will be the second leg. So, here we go. I was not bailed out by the Super League. Bayern Munich did not get put back in it. So, I will be losing this bet. Um if Man City wins, Ed gets free lunch. If any of the other three teams win, Jared gets free lunch. Um, Woo! Yeah. Go Jared. Kind of, kind of. So, Jared, who do you, you have? Both of your teams are playing today. Real Madrid and Chelsea yes. play each other. Which one do you want to win to possibly have to take down Man City in the final?
4: I mean, the hope is that. Man City gets taken down before I'm, the I'm final. I'm aware.
2: I'm aware that's the hope. <laughs> I'm saying if you if it comes down to the final and you need one of those two to beat Man City, which one do you think is going to do I it mean, the, or has the best chance to do it?
4: Years of watching Chelsea just destroy Man United while wearing a Wayne Rooney jersey. Um I guess I'm going with Chelsea.
2: Okay. So, Jared <laughs> yeah. is cheering for Chelsea today. Okay. I'll be watching, even though I can't win free lunch. Champions League is great. Oh, I can't believe Bayern Munich lost. This is the worst. You know that, right? I'm the only one well, of the three of us that's going to watch this, and I'm not going to win it. I know, but not I'm the only free. one of the three that's going to watch no. it, and I can't even no. win free lunch off of it. What time I, is no. what,
4: what time does it start? Noon. Oh, okay. Then, okay. yeah, I'll watch it with you. It'll take me that long to get over to your house. I, right, you got
3: to work. You know, that's that's wrong because I'm going to watch it because at around 3 o'clock I'm going to Google Man City and it'll tell me what the score was.
2: No, no, Man City plays tomorrow, Ed. You don't even know oh, what they play. Okay, so well, tomorrow
3: I will be watching it by Googling it at 3 o'clock to see what the score was.
2: Uh, man. No, I don't, I'm a...
4: Tomorrow morning he's going to open up the, the press box rundown and go, yes. lunch, and he's just going to control F and type in the word lunch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, but here's, I, I guess I want Man City to win just so it's not Jared team versus Jared team in the final.
3: I No, you want Man City to win because I'm pretty much to say let's just go to Jimmy John's where Jared might take us to like a steakhouse or something. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, think, I mean, come on.
4: I mean, I yeah. might turn mine into going, a... I'm
3: not going above Jimmy John's.
4: I might so. ask J.R. Starkis to turn this into a liquid lunch and just be like, Tyler, yeah. you <laughs> have to have a beer with me.
3: You have to hang out
2: we did not agree to hanging out we agreed to buying you oh, lunch no. no so uh there's I no will...
3: hanging out this is uber eats or something we're yeah. just sending people
2: food. <laughs> <laughs> i have not seen you in like six months and i appreciate that it's uh arguably been the best part of the pandemic for <laughs> jared oh no, don't feel bad for jared he's got three of the four teams like somehow we let him out the damn field We let him have the field in a tournament with like 36 teams. I don't know what the hell we were doing. Worst bet we've ever made.